Welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast, where we provide revolutionary training materials to individuals, healing practitioners, leaders, and influencers globally. Your kingdom destiny awaits, and it all begins with a mindset. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. My name is Dr. Jessica Rothmeyer, and today's show kicks off season two. I will be discussing how we can exist in a kingdom culture. One definition of culture is the attitudes and behavioral characteristics of a particular nation, people, and social group. As Christians, we are called to live separate and different from the world, to be in alignment with God according to his word, and to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. As I discussed in season one, which was more of a foundational teaching, that I would refer to as having a Kingdom Mindset 101. In this season, I'm going to take 12 to 14 episodes to discuss and reveal even more of God's revelation about how we are to think, feel, and behave in order that we might have victory and live a full life for His glory with our short and precious time here on the earth thereby establishing a kingdom culture wherever we go. So let's get started. Because of my experience as a mental health professional, God has really spoken to me about the power and the importance of our mind. It's affecting our overall faith journey every day. One way the Holy Spirit really began to teach me how to discern the false teachings of this world and redirect my clients to truth and freedom was by highlighting the fact that we, as Christians, are to think like Jesus. We have the mind of Christ, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. But what does that really mean? To think of it too simply would mean we should be kind to everyone, forgiving always, and to love Father God above all else. Those things are all Very nice and true, but scripture has even more wisdom for us that will unlock harmful bondage in our minds and emotions and even in our physical bodies. It is these scriptures and real life transformations that I would like to share with you today and in the weeks to come. The first topic in establishing a kingdom culture is to observe and oppose the culture we are currently living in, to discern how the mind of the world is very different from the mind of Christ. One of the therapeutic techniques I used to use to help my clients begin to make these observations was something called the truth versus a lie. I would simply take a eight by 11 sheet of paper folded down the middle lengthwise, and on one side it was labeled kingdom of God, truth from his word. And on the other was the world, lies from Satan and the evil realm. Then I would have the client begin by listing their mental and emotional stressors, their relationship problems, their spiritual faith issues and questions. And then we would work through these lies together discussing how they were thinking about their pain or their problems and replacing it with truth from God's word. One example was a woman I worked with who was abandoned by her father at a very young age. And then her first husband divorced her with very little explanation. 
The lie she believed is that you cannot trust men and that any moment they would leave you. You cannot really trust people in general. And it was doubtful that you could trust God because, well, where was he when she was experiencing all of these life tragedies? So the first lie we needed to uncover for her was that God is like man. Per her homework assignment for me, she was able to find many verses that stated, God is not like man. He is not like man that he should lie. He does not leave us or abandon us, and his love is enduring. The next lie is that we should put our faith or trust in human beings at all. God's word is very clear, stating humans are fickle, sinful, and fools who will let each other down. But that is not who God is. And we are to only put our full faith and trust in the Lord. How different than the teachings of the world or the feelings that we have coming from hurts and wounds and trauma that would say, protect yourself. Don't trust anyone, not even God. And then we have these opposing arguments of, but if you really want to be healthy, you should learn to trust people again. How confusing the advice of the world and our carnal minds can be. I found that without this type of black and white clarification, to be able to write it down and deeply dissect the lies, that Christians would struggle with trying to believe that God is good and that they would not have a fruitful life or be able to demonstrate their faith to the outside world. In fact, I often thought that we as a whole, as a Christian community, did not look any different mentally, emotionally, or spiritually than the rest of the world. Are we not to bring the light and hope and good news of Jesus to those who have no hope? How do we do that if we question our God, ourselves, and live in mental and emotional agony? My observation of this in the world in general, in our local modern churches and within the context of my counseling clients, who were primarily Christians, led me to a life-changing truth found in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And it says this, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Not your mother, not your brother, not your girlfriends. Let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that person ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways." If we do not train our mind and make an effort to redirect our will to rely on God for truth and find wisdom in his word without doubting, we will live our lives with instability, questioning God's goodness, blaming ourselves, blaming others for our life circumstances. We cannot have good mental health or experience healing in our bodies if we are double-minded. And yet, this is exactly where most of the human race lives every day, even Christians. 
So the first step in training my clients to think like Christ was to unpack and dive deep into Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Have this attitude, or you could replace that with mindset, in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. As the Holy Spirit was leading me to use these verses to teach and equip my clients to have a Christ-based mindset, I was able to pull four main themes from these verses. The first was how Christ lived in submission to his Father in heaven. Verse 5 says, even though he had already existed in the form of God, Jesus had already been a part of the triune Godhead, but he gave up that position to become human. And once that happened, he no longer considered himself equal or a part of the Godhead any longer. Rather, he submitted to the Father and lived his life like we are to live our lives fully surrendered and submitted to the will of God. How different is that from the world's teaching in that we are to be self-reliant, independent, and strive for all the things we want, need, or desire. And if we do not take time to learn about how to think like Christ and take on his mindset, his attitude in living a godly life, how can we be healthy in our minds and in our emotions? It is impossible. And Satan does his best every day to discourage, deceive, and confuse humankind into believing submission is weak and that we must strive to survive and go get yours. More is better. Control is power and it will bring you emotional peace. <laughs> what a lie. I hope you're beginning to see just how tricky the teachings of this world are how our natural human instinct to self-preserve and self-protect are not working. This world is a mess. There is great power and protection that comes from living a life submitted to the one true king of the universe, which will be the subject of our next episode. So be sure to tune in. You will not want to miss this teaching. The second Christ-like attitude is to become a servant. These verses say Jesus took on the form of a bondservant, someone who is a, a slave to their master for life, but not out of wickedness or out of being controlled. Rather, they serve from a place of honor and loyalty. A bondservant is considered to be part of the family, serving their master out of love and appreciation for all that the master provides for them, knowing they could never repay what they owe. Although there are some messages in the world to do good and be kind to others, do we really hear or learn from the world or even in experience in our own fleshly instinct to give our lives in service for the benefit of others? To serve with joy for all that the Father in heaven has done for us. Is this our attitude? Or do we serve out of religious necessity or guilt? or in hopes to be noticed and receive accolades for it. 
The loudest message I hear and see promoted in the world today is to serve yourself. Self-care, self-improvement, self-serving, self-gratification. These mixed messages and underlying worldly teachings leave most people feeling exhausted and discontent and having little desire or energy to serve with an attitude or mindset like that of Jesus. The third attribute of Christ we can pull from this scripture is sacrifice. Jesus became the living sacrifice for God's people, giving up his life, dying on the cross so that we may experience everlasting life and union with the Most High God. Do we live our lives today from this perspective? I think it is easy to see and agree that most people are very self-centered and do not sacrifice much for others. That we are willing to sacrifice for our children or our best friend, but for a stranger? For our spouse? Are we willing to sacrifice our dreams, goals, and aspirations to live a life God has for us? Even if it's different than we had originally planned? Are we willing to sacrifice pleasure and comfort so that we could help someone else? Or in efforts to dedicate more of our time and attention to our relationship with God? Sacrifice is not a word we hear often in this world. And yet, it is the path to becoming more like Christ, which always leads to freedom, healing, and causes us to have a greater impact for the kingdom in the lives of others. And the final characteristic and mindset of Christ that we can embrace is suffering. You're probably rolling your eyes or scrunching up your face at this point, but the truth is God did not spare his one and only son from many forms of suffering during his lifetime here on the earth. Jesus was ridiculed by religious leaders, those that other people in the community respected as the authority of God's word. He was rejected and dismissed by his own family members and hometown. Lies were told about him constantly. He was betrayed by his best friends. He had the emotional pain of a dear friend dying, and he felt the horrible rejection and absence of his father's love in the moment he took the full weight of human sin on as he died on the cross. He, of course, also suffered a great deal of mental pain as he was tortured by Satan in the desert. And he experienced physical pain that many of us will never come close to experiencing as he was beaten and nailed to a cross. Suffering is a part of life. Christians and non-Christians alike will suffer in this life. It is a fallen world with many circumstances, some that are caused by our own choices or those of the people around us, by our environment. And yet, in times of sadness or desperation, do we choose to blame God? If God did not spare his son from suffering, why would we expect to avoid it? In order to be healthy in our mind and align our attitudes with the kingdom, we must learn to rejoice in our sufferings as we suffer as Christ suffered. That is an honor to be like him and to know if his suffering brought about the salvation of the world, how might God be using your suffering for your good and the good of those around you? So for the next four weeks, I will take each one of these topics and break them down even further. 
while giving you practical ways to think and behave through some of my experiences as a counselor, a wife, and a mother that will hopefully cause you to have your own mindset revolution, rejecting the false teachings of this world and turning to have a mind that is set on the kingdom of God, where all healing miracles happen. Many of the insights and stories I am detailing now and in the weeks to come can be found in my book, It's Time for Revolution. The link to purchase this book can be found in the show notes for today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's teaching, I would encourage you to subscribe and share it with others, especially those that you know are in need of freedom in their mind and also those who have a desire to bring healing and transformation to the lives of others. Thank you for joining me today. I am praying God's abundant love and favor over you and that you may truly experience the mind of Christ. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today's teaching, I would just invite you to subscribe to the show and then share it with others to bring healing and transformation to the lives of those around you.